Welcome back to the Something's Brewing Podcast, episode 74. 74. The Jake Piping Hot DeBrusque episode. Hey-o, the streaker dude, himself. Wait. Dude, the, this, <laughs> he's just streaking across. <laughs> he's just streaking across center ice. That's how he's getting so many points. Everyone's just avoiding him. No one wants to touch that. But He's hot. Um, he's cold. Hey, he's hot right now. I mean, across the ice, he's skating butt naked down the way. <laughs> dude, I mean, it's a bold strategy, but like, who's gonna? No one wants to hit that. Nobody wants to hit that. No, no goalie's gonna get in the way of that. <laughs> what are we doing? Why don't if the Bruins want to go eighty-two and zero, they should just the new uniform should just be birthday suit. That's the new uniform for the rest of the season. Guaranteed playoffs. Dangerous. <laughs> guaranteed sweeps in every round of the playoffs to right to the Stanley Cup. Or and then can you, you know how you know how embarrassing it would be if they just don't win a game? Like they just get destroyed. Oh dude, they would <laughs> just just lose every game, skate off the ice all sad, just butt naked. Alright, let's put the jerseys back on, guys. <laughs> Alright. Alright, boys, tuck it away. Let's get back in the locker room. <laughs> Marshawn can tape. He can use tape to put a C on his chest or something. Just rip it off in the locker room, and all of his chest hairs coming off with it. <laughs> imagine, imagine they win the cup, ass naked, that, like skating around, holding the cup above their head. Dude, the team photo. <laughs> Oh my god. We're off Can the tracks. So we just started. Dude, what a way to start off the episode. So yeah, the 2024 Boston Bruins Stanley Cup champions. They win it in the birthday suit. That's newsflash. That's the new centennial. That's actually the real one they're breaking out. But um yeah, holy shit. Um Jake DeBrusque though, red hot right now. I mean He's he's basically like doubled his point total essentially in in you know post Christmas break. It's insane. That's crazy. It's about damn time. And I know um, he had uh, what he I think last time we recorded he had like four goals in the last five games. And although two of them were empty netters, they still count for something. But he was uh, I think oh, I don't remember which game it was. It might have been uh, against Tampa. 
but he was literally all over the ice. No, it was the game that went into what was the game that went into overtime? Um, was that oh, was that the Penguins? No, no, the Penguins Crosby scored like six minutes left or something. Oh, are you talking about the Avs? No, I don't think it was. Maybe it didn't go in overtime. It might have just been that Pittsburgh game. But he, because I just remember that he was flying all over the ice, and it might have been like a four on four or something. I'm thinking of because he was like quarterbacking the whole shit and just zapping the puck around and taking shots. And when he missed the net, he didn't just do a little oh shit, oh that sucks. What was me and kind of like that long turn that screwed the Bruins when they lost. in overtime, to who was that? New Jersey or some shit like that, or a couple weeks no, ago. The wild, the, the wild, the wild. That's who it, it was. was. The wild, yeah. yeah. No, but he looks more dialed in the last couple weeks. Um, you know, the offensive production is finally coming. Maybe he saw that contract that Nylander got and thought, "Damn, hopefully I can get half of that." <laughs> and uh, which that contract is crazy on its own. I mean, but you know. no, it's it's good to see Jake DeBrus back, especially now that you know the trade deadline is uh, starting to approach here. And I'm sure the Bruins are kicking tires on wingers. I mean, he's not an idiot. I'm sure he knows. You know, the Bruins need need desperately need some more um, secondary scoring, some second line scoring from that wing position specifically because he hasn't been giving it to you. So yeah. it's nice yeah. to see him turn it around a little bit. Yeah, and I mean. <clears throat> Um, he probably saw everybody just roasting him after that wild game. Cause I mean, all these players are on social media now, right? Like you see Jacob Lauko constantly tweeting funny, funny ass tweets. He might too. be the best follow on Twitter, honestly. He might be, dude. It's you and you and Lauko, the number one and number two. <laughs> dude, I tweeted, I tweeted the other day, shout out Joe Shear from Breaking the Plane, told me that uh, I had the funniest uh account on twitter and i haven't slept for four days dude that got me so so freaking rattled so jazzed up i tweeted something the other day about uh oh you know what i think it was the tweet about um <laughs> i was drinking the the black vanilla uh, black cherry vanilla polar seltzer yep. and i hate i hate seltzer but i went to stop and shop and i saw they had it there and i was like i'm a sucker for packaging and i was like oh this is cool looking font. <laughs> like i don't know it's, it's colorful but i'm gonna get it and uh I really liked it. So I just, I not, I just casually, I think it was like my only tweet of the day. And I tweeted a picture of it and I said, not a seltzer guy, but this shit has me foaming at the mouth. <laughs> yeah, I think Dude, that was a tweet that sent him over the edge. I could just imagine you, like you, like you said, like you couldn't sleep for the past four days. Like I could just imagine you, you know, getting ready for bed, tucking yourself in, turn off the lights and you shut your eyes, but you're like kicking your feet because you're because you're all oh, happy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm rubbing my feet together underneath the the covers, and it wasn't just him. It was uh, <laughs> starting a shout fire. Out, Marty's girlfriend Amanda too once told me that she thought I had a a, a the funniest account on Twitter. So that's two of them, baby. Signed, yeah. sealed, signed, sealed, and delivered. I should put a stamp on my Twitter account. It means a Dude. lot. But no, I mean, I just tweet. I know you're more of the. Uh, sorry, now that we're talking about Twitter accounts, I know you're more <laughs> of the uh, like the Bruins. When I first made my Twitter account, I wanted to be more of like a. Well, when I when I was like first, like who do I want to be on Twitter? And I was like, you know, I'm a huge Celtics fan. I'll try to be like a Celtics, like not a reporter, but like a respected tweeter in the Celtics community, if that's even a thing. And I remember I listened to a, a, a podcast that uh, Jason Tatum was on and I was like, uh, like I would listen for like a couple minutes. I would be like, okay, he said this. And I would like, on this podcast, Jason Tatum said this. When I, and I was like, who, man, this isn't me. And then now <laughs> I just, and so then like, then I, you know, started tweeting more about the Bruins. And now I just tweet about sushi and crab ragoons and pumpkin beer and whatever comes into my mind. So we have a bit of a yin and yang between the yeah. two Twitter accounts associated with this podcast. Yeah, dude, you're, you're sushi, Rangoons, seltzers, 
Bruins and I'm essentially just Bruins and every now- and my and my mailman problems too. It's it's That's those true. yeah, it's those two. Every now and then I have my my Marty Robbins Monday. I think I had one this week. Oh no, I think this week might have been an Elton John Monday. Oh no, it, it was it was I think it was and then I switched to Toto because I also tweeted like that, you know, I feel like blessing the rains down in Africa right now or something. Yes. <laughs> something stupid like that. <laughs> oh no, I know she just tweet bullshit, but no, I, I remember I saw that tweet and I was working and I'm not even lying to you. I put on Africa. When I'm at work, I put on I go on YouTube and I just listen to mixes and like um, mm-hmm. I, like I always listen like when I'm when I'm working, I can't hear words in my ears because like I do like a lot of typing and writing at work for my job. And I'm like, I can't hear somebody sing and focus on what I'm writing. So like when I need to dial in, I put on the interstellar soundtrack or anything <laughs> or anything by Hans Zimmer. And I listen to that. And then I'm like, OK, like I don't need to type anything right now. So I'm going to I'm going to put on like my Elton John mix or, so, or like ABBA. Like, so, like, just something <laughs> random. So like now, like my master mix on YouTube it has uh, the Black Panther soundtrack on there, the Avatar soundtrack, a bunch of Hans Zimmer. It has uh, Zach Bryan, Marty Robbins, Elton. It's like the biggest cluster of just shit. And I'm just sitting at my, like tapping my foot like, like the whole time I'm in the office. Like I'm humming to myself. Dude, I love it. <laughs> Your earbuds are smoking. Everyone's like, Damn, oh, yeah. what is he listening to? I, I, get, I probably start singing every now and then. I get so into it, I don't even realize. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I do the same thing. When I'm out in my route by myself, I'm singing all day thank god no one is is around me every now and then i'll get caught on a ring camera actually <laughs> let me just tell this quick story really quick so mailman problem that i had last winter right so real quick tidbit i was walking up onto this front porch and it's snowing it's a blizzard like there's snow everywhere and i'm humming to myself i'm singing having a great time i got a, this giant package in my hand i'm walking it up to the front porch and i i shit you not dude I got to the final step on the top of the porch and I went down like a ton of bricks. With the, <laughs> it, was like a, it was like a cartoon. Like the package went up in the air. I did like two or three somersaults down the stairs and I landed flat on my back like a snow angel. And I was dying laughing. I was cracking up because I knew they had a ring camera. So I actually, so what I did, I put a, I put a note in their mailbox. I said, hi, this is your mailman. I ate shit down your stairs. Can you please send me the video of the ring camera? <laughs> did they ever do it? Long story short, I never got the video. They're probably like, what the uh, fuck is wrong with this guy? I was going to say, if you go on like Twitter or something and search in like central Massachusetts mailman fall, I'm sure there's like a video of you somewhere. They probably posted it somewhere so everybody could laugh. Probably, dude. But... <clears throat> Kind of bringing it back to 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 the bees, uh, Jake DeBrus, <laughs> Jake DeBrus, like that transition. There's Jake no DeBrus. way to transition that. Because <laughs> uh, speaking about delivering, Jake oh! DeBrusk, hey, oh, Jake DeBrusk, in the eight games since the Christmas break, he has five goals, four assists. He's a plus three. So that's nine points in eight games. He had 11 and I think it was 29 games up until the Christmas break. So he's just, he's right, right there matching the total in, you know, like a quarter quarters worth of the games. Um, but he's humming and you can see the, you know, the, the, the dividends as it, that it pays the team when he's humming, the Bruins are scoring like five or six goals a game when he's on, because you finally have that, 
secondary scoring that you can rely on. And you don't have to rely on, you know, pasta scoring three goals, Marshawn netting two, um, or whoever else wants to chime in. I guess you could throw Coyle in there, JVR. Tabruska is yeah. finally doing what he's doing. And we all knew, you know, going going into the season, he's a streaky player. Like, it's just who he is. Um, and right now he's on a hot streak and you're seeing, you're, you know, the, the value that that would bring to the team when he is on one of those hot streaks. Yeah, the offense is humming right now. I know, uh, not including humming. the last humming, not including humming. the last two games. <laughs> they, the Bruins had six consecutive games where they scored at least four goals, which is yep. uh, a far cry from the couple weeks they had leading up to that, where they were a bit up and down offensively. And a big part of that is to what you just said, the production you're getting from Jake DeBrusque. I want to ask you, I know Jake DeBrusque has been a streaky player throughout his whole career, hence why we started talking about players streaking to start this episode. Um <laughs> I I've never seen, although he's a streaky player, I've never seen a streak as long as Jake DeBrusque's bad start was to the season this year. I mean, he was still an effective player, but offensively he was not, he was not putting the puck in that. He wasn't even picking up assists. I think Dan Heinen, like his first Dan Heinen joined the team in like the middle of the first half <laughs> of the season. And after six games, he already had more points than him. Like it was, um, but with, with Jake DeBrusque, like, what do you think is leading now to this resurgence? You're all of a sudden seeing these last nine games. Is there something different in his play that you're seeing? Or do you think he's just, it's as easy as he's just not being snake bitten anymore? Honestly. And I, I kind of alluded to this a couple of weeks ago too, but it's when he actually takes the puck to the net, right? I don't think he's the score that you can just kind of rely on to shoot the puck from the outside and, and go like, you know, pick a corner. I don't think that's his game. I think his game is when he plays aggressive because when he's aggressive, he's battling in the corner. He's fighting in front of the net, digging for rebounds, doing all the stuff that kind of like, I guess you could say like gritty grinder type players do. Right. But that's not his game. He's not a grinder. He's not, he's, you could say he's a little gritty, but he's not a grinder, but when he's taking the puck to the net and he's driving his body with the puck into the crease, creating chaos and, and then digging at the free puck. That's when he's on his game. When he's streaking down the, down the sideboards, cutting to the middle of the net and just doing whatever he can to just wreak havoc in whatever poor goalies face that he's doing that to. That's when he's at his best. And I think that's what we're seeing more of. And I can just really quick too, before you jump in, like as an example, that overtime game against the wild. Where did he take that shot from? He took the shot from the outside, missed the net by literally probably ended up in the Dunkin' Donuts center in Providence. If it hadn't (laughs) hit the class and Minnesota comes down, they score. And I think that woke him up. I think that triggered something in his mind where he was like, okay, like I'm trying too hard. I'm squeezing the stick too much. I'm shooting from areas that I, you know, typically don't shoot from places where I don't score from, where I generate offense from. That's I'm playing off my own game. And I think the Christmas break after that incident kind of let him reset. Maybe he watched some tape of the 2018 Stanley (laughs) Cup playoffs or something. And he got back to doing what he does because I don't think he's an, I don't think he lacks confidence, right? I don't think he lacks confidence. I think he's very confident in the type of player he is, the type of offense he knows he can produce, and that we all know he can produce. It was just such a red flag in a contract year, getting 11 points through 
you know, upper 20 games played. I, I don't know the exact number, 28, 29, whatever. Um, you know, I think it woke him up and I think he said, okay, I'm going to get on my horse and I'm going to, I'm going to prove to everybody talking shit that I'm not a 30 point per season player. Like I'm a top six winger. I, I'm going to earn the money in the contract that I'm going to get this, you know, in this off season or this season. And I'm going to turn on the jets now. And he is. I think that you just totally hit the nail on the head. I was thinking about, boom, I was thinking about a lot of that stuff myself. And I feel like Jake DeBrusque, before you even said it, I was thinking to myself, this guy just causes chaos. He Mm -hmm. thrives when the play breaks down. And it feels like, like, like when he has the puck and he just starts screaming down the boards and he turns that defenseman around and suddenly the guy's on his hip and he's either taking it right to the net or he's just spinning around and throwing it in front of the net. He, when he's, being the aggressive Jake DeBrusque who's wreaking havoc on the the defensive structure on the other team, that is when he's at his most effective. And I feel like for the first half of the season, to what you were saying, he's gripping the stick a little too tight. He's maybe overplaying. At times, it just looked like he was getting out of his game a little bit. And for like the last nine games or so that he's been on this heater, it's not just what I'm seeing in terms of him picking up assists and putting the puck in the back of the net. But I remember in that game against Pittsburgh, when it looked like everything was going the Penguins' way and the Bruins fought like hell to get back in that game, there was times Jake DeBrusque was literally diving in the offensive zone to keep the puck in. Like there was a play in the corner. He was like fighting with, I don't remember who the defenseman was, but he was fighting with the defenseman. And he like dove and like chopped. And it was like, that's Jake DeBrusque. Like this is who he is. And uh, it, it, it just felt like the beginning of the year, like he was just trying to, to be a version of himself that he wasn't. And like the Bruins just needed the Jake DeBrusque, who he's been the last nine games, which is a guy that just causes chaos that wreaks havoc on the defensive end on the other team's defensive, who uses his speed, who gets to the net and just flings the puck at the net. And I think a lot of what we were seeing uh, maybe mentally from the he is a confident player, but I think I always think back, we were just talking about that wild game when he misses the net and just doesn't get back. And like, he knows better than that. Everybody knows how dumb of a play that was. And it just felt like he was getting frustrated. So I'm hoping now with this stretch he's been on now, now he's finally like, oh, I'm sure he goes to bed every night. And he's like, thank God I found the back of the net. Cause this, you could give him a map and he was not scoring the puck. It was insane. He couldn't find that to save his life. But um, I'm hoping now that this is going to instill some more confidence in his offensive game. And I think this is going to remind him of who he is as a player. And the Bruins are going to need him big time moving forward because we just found out they have some pretty serious injuries now after these last couple games here. You know what? I'm so glad that you said that because I was just... What a segue, huh? What a segue, dude. <laughs> Not even planned, too. But so I w- there's there's four topics um, that I, was, I wanted to get into. The first one is these injuries. So obviously, Brandon Carlo, upper body. Um, Matthew Paltra hurt his shoulder. And the the big one that is still you know TBD I guess is Linus Hallmark. Yep, yeah, Linus Hallmark. <laughs> um, trying to make a save against Arizona, just you know, typical save. He re- reached up with the glove, and something tweaked, something pulled. Um, and not to be speculative, but the way that it looked and the way that he wasn't able to kind of push himself off the ice. I'm thinking groin. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to medical school. I never claimed to be. But uh, 
usually it's more probable than not that when a goalie you know looks like that trying to get off the ice and makes a move like that it was definitely some sort of core internal injury because he made the save with his hand but couldn't skate off the ice so i'm in the same boat as you i think it it's probably a groin injury this this episode's gonna drop thursday morning and the bruins play tonight so we're probably gonna find out tonight what you know sometime today with the injury they they play thursday right Oh, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. You're saying today yeah. as in Thursday. I got oh, wait. confused. Sorry, this episode drops. Is this episode dropping on Wednesday or Thursday? What day is it today? What dude? day is today? Is today Tuesday? No, today's Wednesday. So it drops today's on Wednesday. Thursday. Yeah, okay. Dude, I'm, <laughs> the, last, the last couple work weeks have been four-day weeks. So, like, my mind is just in a blender right now. Um, so when this episode drops, if you're listening to it right now, hopefully you're listening to it on drop day. It's Thursday. The Bruins play today. So we're probably going to find out today what injury Linus Olmark has, but that's, that's not good. And that's why like we, we've talked about this almost every episode, somehow Swayman and Omar come up where people say, Oh, trade one of them. Or, you know, when we were talking about trading Omar in the off season or maybe moving on from the trade deadline, him and Swayman are your two most important players. I mean, this team lives and dies by its goaltending. That's its strength. That's its DNA. That's the embodiment of this team. And if we're about to see for everybody, I mean, hopefully Omar isn't out for too long, but if Omar is out for an extended amount of time, we're about to see what this team would have looked like had the Bruins traded Omar in the offseason or had they moved on from him at the trade deadline. Because it looks like Brandon Buss is going to come up. Everybody was saying in the in, in, after the preseason that, well, not everybody, but the people who are part of the trade Olmark brigade were saying that Buss, he's ready because he looked good in the preseason. So we're about to find out. I'm hoping that Olmark isn't out for too long, but um, I guess we'll find out today. Yeah, I was just going to say with that, with the Bussy thing and how everybody was saying he's ready, he only played one preseason game. He played one preseason game. He looked pretty so, good in it, though. I'll give you did, that. I, hey, hey, I'm not going to lie. He looked phenomenal. But <laughs> like you said, like now we're if, 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 because we don't know, but if Olmark is out for, say, a couple of weeks, we're going to find out now. Now we're going to get a little bit more clarity. Is Swayman ready to take over the number one role? Like a, a legit true number one role or is that whole brigade gonna be silenced a little bit and i'm not saying one side is right i'm not saying one side is wrong because it's a valid argument right there there's holes in the lineup um that could be upgraded for sure and you have a i don't want to say oversaturation but you're blessed in the goaltending position in in the way that you have two elite goaltenders who you can throw in there any night right so we're about to find out if 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 we're right about it being a groin that's at least a couple of weeks for Allmark at least and you don't want them and you don't want them rushing him back early i mean we saw last season in the playoffs how terrible he was after they tried to stick with him knowing he was hurt in the playoffs, that was a complete disaster, like worse than the Hindenburg, worse than the Titanic submarine, worse than the molasses flood in like the 1800s in Boston, worse than anything. It was terrible. Just an absolute disaster. Yeah. And there's, there's never, ever, ever, ever a good time for any player to get injured, let alone a goalie. But now, I mean, the Bruins are looking at their next 10 games here. They have Vegas, New Jersey, Colorado, Winnipeg, Carolina. I mean, they have some good t- Vancouver. They have some good teams coming up here and they're going to be without, you know, whoever you want to say is better between old markers. I mean, they're going to be without, you know, one of the best goalies in the NHL and they're going to be without their best defensive defenseman as well. And for a yep. team that defensively 
before this little run they've been on recently, prior to these back-to-back losses here, they looked like Swiss cheese defensively. They looked horrible. They were terrible. They couldn't get a breakout pass. They looked bad in their defensive end. The goalies were struggling. I mean, you don't blame the goalies because the players in front of them looked terrible. But, I mean, they, they could have made a couple more saves. And now we're looking at who they have next, and they're going to be without Olmark, they're going to be without Carlo. We haven't even mentioned Patra yet. Like, what the hell? Like, this is horrible timing for some of this, some of these injuries to happen. Yeah, dude. Um, but that's the other thing too. So Carlo, they set up a body, right? And now that's always scary. I didn't, I didn't see. I wasn't watching the game that he got injured because I'm a working man and I'm not staying up for these West West Coast games. That's just ridiculous. But what, what happened to him? What happened in the play? Because when I, when I hear, when I hear Brandon Carlo in upper body injury, I, I immediately get terrified. It's a head injury because of his yep. history. So do you know what the injury is? And this is the part that scares me. There wasn't uh, there wasn't a play that I can pick out in particular. And and I, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe there was a play that somebody was able to point out and I just didn't see it. But the fact that there wasn't, you know, a clear cut, like, say, hit where he went down awkwardly and hit his shoulder to the boards or he took or he blocked a shot and it hit him in the stomach, something like that. I didn't nothing like that, you know, um, stood out and that makes me a little nervous because that makes me think that maybe he just took a little you know um like a tiny little body check right and he, and he hit all his, it can be is you getting rubbed right. out on the boards or something and you just hit your head in a stanchion and next thing you know you know you're out right. for a couple games and the thing is he's had so many concussions i'm pretty sure it's up i'm pretty sure it's past six pretty sure he's had pat like over six concussions so Everybody knows at this point um, that the more concussions that you have, the more susceptible you are as an individual to repeated head injuries. So it, you're right. It could be something as little as a little nudge that just he went into the boards. We already he cocked his noggin up against the class and it rattled his brain juices around the wrong way. And all of a sudden he has a concussion. And if he does, dude. I mean, fuck. He's playing the best hockey of his career right now. That's what I was going to say. I mean, he's been unbelievable to start this year. And you, I mean, you, obviously you care about Brendan Carlo, the the person too. I mean, we've talked about right. this before. Um, you know, I mean, how many stories do you have to hear of ex-athletes, whether it be NHL players or NFL players or any sort of sport with any kind of head contact where they get too many concussions and it affects them for the rest of their life. Brendan Carlo's a young guy. What's he, 27? I mean, he's like... Oh God, I I just pray that it isn't a head injury because then, you know, you have to start taking the health and of the well-being of the player into consideration before, you know, any uh decisions made of when you're gonna bring him back or if he wants to continue his career or whatnot. But anywho, um and also not even just talking about Brendan Carlo, but like I mean, Charlie McAvoy's picked up like four injuries the last 15 games and it's all been something different just the yeah. other day he blocked a shot with the palm of his hand and just went right to the bench <laughs> i was like and, and like it's not like none of these injuries are his fault he just plays so freaking hard and he's right. just so physical that like these kind of things happen and it just sucks that he's your best defenseman i mean he's he's arguably the best player on this team hammer pasta and um it's just i don't know between carlos now hurt all marks hurt it just feels like almost every game, every time <laughs> McAvoy does something, you hold your breath a little bit. And now Potra's hurt too. What what happened with Potra? I didn't see his injury either. It's a shoulder injury. Yeah. So he went in. He actually, he, what's the correct? 
what's the correct term right here? Uh, he basically got big brothered. He went in for a hit. He went in for a hit, and the guy just reverse hit him. I, I forget who it was who reverse hit him, but the guy just oh, reverse man. hit him, and you could kind of see he was like a slinky, like his body just like <laughs> went into itself, and it was like he was holding his shoulder. Um, obviously didn't come back, but that begs the question: if he's out for a couple of games, are we going to see Merkulov back up? I listen. I would not mind seeing Merkulov back up. I don't know what's going on with Patra. I didn't see the injury, and it really sucks because, of course, he just spent you know like a week, couple weeks over with Team Canada, and I know we've all been excited to have him come back, and he came back, and now he's hurt. But um, no, I mean beat, at least too, he got beat up in the World Juniors too. Yeah, he did. But at least um, you know center is an area, especially like you know we how many times have we said it. This team is full of bottom six, bottom nine players. I mean, they got wingers who can play center. So you know they have the the horses to step up and take Patra's place. But it's just, you know, these last two games, I mean, Colorado and Arizona, both games, you take them all the way to extra time and you end up losing and you lost two of, I mean, I want to include Potter as well. You lost three very important players in those last two games and it sucks, but um, we'll see who gets the call up. I wouldn't mind seeing Merkulov. Is Mark McLaughlin alive? Like, is do you think he's ever going to sniff any ice time with the big boys? Like, I want to. I wouldn't mind seeing what he can do. And what's yeah. up with Beecher? Is has Beecher been getting healthy scratches? No, no, no. He hasn't been getting scratches. They've been moving him off to the wing though, which is oh. which is. I mean, it's weird be him being one of your best like face off guys. But Bokefist has looked good too. I know I told you before we started recording, but for people listening who might be a little confused, I have not watched the last couple games because they were too late. <laughs> And uh, we had a, I had a men's league game on Monday. So I saw the shootout and I saw what everybody was so up in arms about with, with Pasta's shot. And actually, well, now that I, now that I mentioned it, I saw, I think it was uh, the empty netter fellas tweeted, um, you know, first of all, people were saying that Potter had, I mean, Potter, Jesus Christ, Pasta had no Potter, effort on his shot. Yeah, people were saying Pasta had no effort on his shot. When like two weeks ago in a shootout, he did the exact same thing and went freaking bar down and had people salivating and foaming at the mouth because it was such a disgusting goal, like just a human cheat code. And he came in and he tried to do the same thing, but go five hole and it just didn't work out. And the empty netters fellas said that, uh, that, you know, well, Pasta, I said Pasta again. (laughs) Just call him, just call him Patronak. What David Posternock did was, uh, you know, that classic move where, man, if he scores this goal, that's the it's like the biggest like F you I'm better than you. The biggest like BDE goal you've ever seen. And if he misses like he did, it's you look like a jackass, which is what ended up happening. But I would yeah. still there's nobody on the Bruins I would rather have go in a shootout than David Posternock. Come on. Oh, absolutely. And on that point, I will put my hand up. I initially when I watched that, I was. I, me and me and Tess, we were watching the game together. We both looked at each other. We were like, "What the like, what the fuck was that?" But so in the in the moment, it looked very weird. Not not careless and not um no effort. Not those two yeah. things. But it just looked it looked weird in the moment. And I'll put my hand up. I I said I was like somebody unplug and plug back in pasta. Yeah, I remember. And then I, yeah, and then I watched it again. I was like, actually. Listen, I'm I'm not David Pasternak. My entire uh, hockey playing career 
was spent, believe it or not. Who am I doing the show with then? Marco Sturm, baby. (laughs) Marco! (laughs) My entire uh, hockey playing career, I was a defenseman. So uh, the only thing I know about shootouts is watched him from the bench, believe me. And uh, when David Posternock (laughs) went in, I I, I feel like what's so effective about that shot, about the move, if you want to call it, is that uh, the goalie has no idea it's coming. Like when he went in and he went bar down, that disgusting goal that everybody's still talking about like i'm watching it like i look away for a minute and i look back and suddenly the puck's in the back of the net like he's just skating in nonchalant just you know whoop, whoop, boop, bar down like the goalie wasn't ready for it and i feel like he was trying to do the same thing uh in the shootout against colorado but go five hole and uh like the the empty netters tweet that i referenced if that goes in that's disgusting that's an ESPN top 10 play that's trending on Twitter and everybody's talking about it, about it again. And if it doesn't go in, he looks like a jackass and that's right. what ended up happening. And that's why people <laughs> were, Oh, he has no effort. No, the guy is a pure sniper. He knows a lot about scoring goals than any of us do. And I think he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, for any, for any of us, myself included to be, you know, sitting on a couch with a with a beer in front of me and 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 some Taco Bell to be like, oh, David Poster fucking sucks. He's no he's no effort. He's overpaid. Like come I saw on. I saw somebody tweet that uh, he should be disciplined. He should be a healthy scratch for the dude, next game. Fucking, <laughs> and then dude. he went and scored a goal against Arizona. Like come on, dude. Dude, Mike Feller. Mike Felger, 98.5, said he should be suspended for a game. <laughs> I, I've, never, I've never seen somebody so confidently out themselves as not knowing shit about hockey as Mike Felger on a constant basis. Every time he opens his mouth, he says the exact opposite of what everybody is thinking. Like, oh my God. Dude, that's dude. brutal. And he claims to be the hockey guy. Like, suspend David Posternock because he tried to go 5 hole in a shootout. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, buddy, buddy, we should, buddy, we should suspend you from ninety eight five. You, oh, I can't. I don't even want to get into it because, like, I used to listen to them like religiously, and and as I, I like as I got older, I'd listen to it because I'd be out landscaping, working in the truck, and and having it on the radio, and they would be talking hockey, and I would literally with my cousin Zach. Shout out Zach, throwback Zach. I'd be working with him, hey. and they would, and one of them would say something, and I'd look at him and be like. Did he just say like trade Bergeron while his value is still high? Well, like what is he, what is he talking about? Like it pisses me. It's it just it just makes no sense. It's it's all clickbait. It's all reactionary. Oh, yeah. That's why they're able to charge so much for advertisements because people get so mad at his idiotic takes yep. that they listen and they call in and it makes the station money. And he's better at it at pissing people off than anybody else's. So hats off to him. But he's like he's good at it. Because yeah, like a, lo- a lot of his takes are like so watered down, like like la- like the trade Olmark tweet that he or, or take that he had always had is based off the fact that because um, he struggled in the playoffs last year and he struggled in the playoffs the last two years. Now, believe me, those two playoff seasons lack a significant amount of context as to why he sucks. But like he knows that and he just gives you enough, a little bit of a nugget that pisses you off and calls in. Um, but I used to always say the last thing I'll say about it is that I feel like these like Boston uh, radio shows should just employ one person 
who like knows what they're talking about and just have them sit in the room. Like when, when the, when they talk about the Bruins have Ty Anderson be there in the corner, he doesn't have to say, yeah. just put a mic in front of his face. And when like Mike Fogler throws out a shitty take, Ty Anderson can push the button and turn his mic on. But like, well, actually, let me tell you why that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then he says yeah. what he has to say and he stops. Like, they just need somebody there to hit him with facts because Felger would be like, oh, you know, so it so sucks. And then Maz, Maserati's like, yup, yup. You, you hit the nail on the head there, Mike. And then it's just Ready? like, oh my God. Like, so they need somebody to check these guys, keep them in check, Ready? you know? Ready? You be Maz. No, no, no. You be Felger. I'll be Maz. I have a, I have a good Maz voice. Just throw out the, throw out the pasta thing. Um, listen, pasta the other night in the shootout. What was up with that? I think he should be suspended. Absolutely no heart Mike. from this kid. Mike, Mike, he sucks, Mike. Mike, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike, I'm telling you, you gotta throw this guy off the sink and bridge. Trade him while he's got some value. This guy uh, sucks. Yeah. We got a caller here. Let's let's listen to uh, Mike from Woburn here. <laughs> you guys are a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> dude it's insane it's literally nuts but like you're right like he is good at what he does like you can't take that away from him and he's not like all of me believes that he knows what he's saying is just to get people riled up which is why he still works there which is why he still has a job and then that's why he makes so much money yeah so i mean his takes great on his takes f great on his you know Due diligence on his job, A plus. Phenomenal. Like getting people riled up. But um before we go too far and too deep, I wanted to talk about two other things as well. Trevor Zegers is on the block. I'm good. You're good? No, I don't want him. I don't want him either. I would stay so far away from that dude. He's not a That was easy. <laughs> that was so easy, dude. He's a trick shot merchant. He's overrated as hell. He's a drama queen, dude. And he's just, not, if he was in Boston, I mean, Jesus Christ, Felger, talking about Felger again, Felger and Maz giving shit to Pasta oh and Allmark. Can you imagine? Every time he does a failed Michigan, they would spend the entire show being like, this kid doesn't even know how to play hockey. Oh yeah, no. I feel like one of the like uh, a reason why he's um, he should go play for the Boston Cannons. <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie, like he's a he's a talented player. That Michigan that he had was yeah. impressive as hell. Um, I, I like I thought I do you have his points in front of you? I haven't been following him, but I thought I saw a screenshot. He had like four points in like twenty something games or something. I don't know how accurate that was. I think that was before he got injured. Um, but either way. I mean, he's playing in Anaheim. They have about as much media out there as Jesus, the Boston Cannons do. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, like, I, I just I, like, I, like, not to sound like a like a oh like a Bruins. What's up, Trevor Zegers? Trevor Zegers has seven points through twenty games this year. His career high yeah. is sixty-five. Or no, I'm sorry. His yeah, no, no. His career high is sixty-five. Seven points through twenty games. Four goals, three assists, and yeah. So it's, I mean, that's Jake, if Jake DeBrusque production pre-streak, but if he also had like a, like a TikTok boy haircut, like <laughs> it, I was like, uh, not to sound like a, like a hardo, like rah, rah, Boston, you know, but like Trevor Zegris would, would not fit in with this locker room at no. all. No, not at all. <laughs> no. like, like when I look around like this Bruins locker room, I mean, I'm not on the team, I'm not standing in there, but like when I think about what the Bruins locker room is like. I mean, the leaders you have on this team, the leaders that have come before 
you know, Brad Marchand, before Bergeron, before Char, like what it means to be a Boston Bruin. And like Trevor Zegers, like this guy who does trick shots in the cover of NHL, who was dating a TikToker. Like I just, I, I like, I just, I feel like, and now I just feel like I'm bashing on Trevor Zegers. And I don't mean it this way because I don't know him personally, but I don't know. Like, I feel like a guy like that, I feel like he cares about the the status of being a professional hockey player, maybe more than he does about actually going out and delivering on the ice and willing his team to a Stanley cup. And if that sounds like pretentious or like makes me sound like a douche, I'm sorry. I don't mean it that way. Like I, that's just one person's opinion. I'm just personally not a fan of Trevor Zegers, the hockey player. Yep. I was, I was honestly going to say the same thing. Like, I just feel like his mental game isn't there and that's not to say it won't come in the future. Um, and like you said, not to sound like a douchebag or pretentious, but like right now, I mean, he's got, he signed a three-year deal, 5.75 mil. You can find so many better options that, that fit Bruins style hockey for that money than Trevor Zegers. But you know what? To, to also, I mean, to play the devil's advocate, I mean, we all remember Tyler Sagan. I mean, he didn't exactly fit in with this locker room. And next thing you know, he's at a change of scenery and he becomes an NHL all-star. He's a 40-goal scorer in Dallas. He's wearing the A on his jersey. Like he's... He's a hockey player. And for a person like Trevor Zegers, I mean, you know, I mean, it must be hard going to the going to the barn every day. You got 20 people there. You got hot dog vendors are out selling your fans. I mean, if he was playing for a team like Boston and he got a change of scenery and he went to like an original six franchise, a big market, I mean, maybe you would kind of see him grow up a bit and change who, you know, change the kind of player that he is on the ice. And I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't have said that. I don't mean it like that. He's a fine player, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's just, you know, sometimes change of sceneries for a young player can totally change their brand and their identity because when Tyler Sagan was on the Bruins, he was thought about around the league as kind of like, you know, like an F boy, like he's, you know, going to bars and hanging out with people all the time and getting drunk and partying. And um, Trevor Zegers doesn't have exactly that same kind of image, but I feel like he has like a, like a, you know, a young wide-eyed guy doing trick shots on the ice, cracking jokes, cover of NHL, like, I don't know. Like, it just feels like he's just still kind of in like a high school kind of mentality. And again, I don't know him personally. This is just one person's opinion, but maybe trading him to an original six team, like the Bruins could, I mean, I would get to see him up close and personal. Maybe I would see a side of Trevor's egress. I've never seen before, but that can always help a, help a person's game too. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and before we jump into the voicemails and DMS, um, <clears throat> one more topic, another player on the trading block, potentially, Big target last trade deadline ended up going to Ottawa. He's got a $4.6 million AAV cap hit in, uh, this season and next season. Mr. Jacob Chikrin. I've always been a huge, I've, I've always been a big fan of Jacob Chikrin. I would do it. I was pounding the drums last season for Jacob Chikrin to come to Boston. I know, but here's the thing though. I mean, it would be nice now given Ch- Chikrin's a lefty, right? Yep, lefty. It would it would be nice now given the uh, Carlo injury, but you have to ask yourself what's it going to cost. And if if trading for somebody, it seemed like, hang on, it seemed like you're about to say something. Are you about to throw out a mock trade at me? <laughs> no, I haven't thought that. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't thought that deep about it. But what I was going to say is. I think it's pretty apparent now that you probably should, if you're wise, upgrade Matt Grizzlick and mm. find a way to not integrate Derek Forbert back into the lineup and maybe upgrade that left side, maybe a little listen, bit. Listen, 
Here's the thing, though, is that this Bruins team is lacking money. They're mm-hmm. lacking valuable draft picks, yep. and they really don't have a lot of trade capital. So for, at least for a player of the status of Chikrin, they can get the guy. But if they were to trade Grizzlick or Forbert to get somebody like Jacob Chikrin and beef up and really solidify their defensive core, does that basically say that there's no chance of getting a legitimate second line right winger? Because I still feel like that's the bigger concern of this team is getting yeah, another score for the second line over defenseman. So if trading for Jacob Chikrin, Chikrin means that you don't, you don't do anything with your forwards, you don't get another score, you don't get any offensive depth, then I don't want to do it. But if you can trade for Jacob Chikrin and then make a secondary trade to pick somebody up, like uh, one of the guys who were t- I don't even remember who we were talking about last episode, but um, then yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat. I just don't know if that's possible because I feel like the Bruins are lacking some trade assets. Yeah, and and you know we're not trying to you know start like a Jacob Chikrin to Boston trade or trade or a- Anthony Duclair, Anthony yeah. Duclair to Boston. Dude, I'm fucking all about Anthony Duclair. Um, but- I'm still. Leading that train, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you, dude. I'm, I'm. You got the front. I got the caboose. You can meet us. Oh yeah, middle. we're conducting <laughs> this thing. We're just ringing the bell nonstop. Everybody hopping on. I would love to, Claire. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're not advocating for it. This is just the news in the in the NHL world right now. Travis Zegers, Jacob Chikrin, rumored to be on the block. So, I mean, would be a disservice not to talk about it. But at this point Jacob of the show, Chikrin, known guy from Weymouth. Yeah, he's actually actually. Did you, dude? Did you know that Jacob Chikrin was born on the Green Line? <laughs> wait, oh my god! Did you see my face for a second? I was like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> I really believed you there for a second. Yeah, he was he was born on the Green Line, right on right on the right on the T. Where is he actually from? I I I honestly I feel like he's Canadian. I I actually don't know. He's though. from Boca Raton, Florida. Oh. Wow, he's only he's still only twenty five. I don't know why a I thought he was boy. older than that. Yeah, Damn. I mean, I don't know. It could now, be interesting. I'm I'm gonna I'm sorry, but I'm gonna make you do it. Okay. If you were the Bruins and you were trying to trade for Chikrin with the <laughs> idea of also wanting to make a secondary trade, keeping your options open to pick up a winger, what would you offer the Senators, or what do you think the Senators would ask from the for the Bruins? For Chikrin, he's got a, he's got a this year and then um, another year under his contract for four point six AAV. I mean, if you can get them to take Forbert's contract, because Ottawa's Ottawa's not doing shit this year. If you can take them to, if you can get them to take Forbert's contract, save Grizz for another trade, add. I don't know. Lysel seems to be very out of favor right now in in Don Sweeney's eyes. Um, in a, in like <laughs> I don't know. Pick. I, I really don't know. I would have to listen. I would listen when I put down mock trades. They never go well ever. There is there is <laughs> in my entire history of mock trades. I am uh, I am an offer. I am zero for <laughs> however many I put out there. I would really have to look at this one. Um, and weigh out all the options because c- clearly, goddamn, the Connor Garland tweet didn't go over well. <laughs> what, was, what was the other one that I made? I made another one too. Um, Nikita Zadorov. Nikita Zadorov. Yeah, 
Whatever. I have to, I have to, I have to look at it. But I think when you went to Taco think, Bell and ordered ordered one Nikita Zadorov. Yeah, and I started when I said Zadorov. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean. I don't know. I think it's worth a look, but we're kind of in a little bit of a time crunch right now. Um, So before it gets too late and we have to fly through the DMs, I think we should get through the voicemails right now and then get through the DMs. Yes. Let me pull up the voice. There we go. Listen, hey, this is breaking news. This is not just the Louisville line this week. This is a big week for the Something's Brewing fellows. I'm not even kidding. The last 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 35 Jesus. out of the last 36 voicemails have been from Louisville. I That's why we call it the Louisville line. I I didn't know you could count that high. I didn't know I could either. I, I started making up numbers there at the end. We're at these Brazil. <laughs> oh, never mind. I was going to. It's not funny. Okay. We have <laughs> five voicemails Wait, this week. How many How many voicemails did Louisville send in? Just now we're doing the game. What? <laughs> 35 of the last 36 voicemails have been from Louisville. Five. I mean, couldn't be an easy number. I was gonna say is the Dano Char number of voicemails. <laughs> he goes thirty-five. Who's <laughs> we had five voicemails this week. Three of them are from Louisville, so we'll play his first. This Wait. one is from Louisville. Oh, okay. Louisville has sent in an Andy Moog amount of voicemails. Whoa! A Manny Fernandez amount of voicemails. A Linus Allmark amount of voicemails. Listen, people who are listening. Oh, we're stupid. That's, we were like, that's crazy. 30, we would use this 35. You can't pick a normal number. Who the hell wears 35? Oh, the Bruins starting goaltender. The oh, you mean the guy who won the last year? No, my fault. My fault. All right. We had five voicemails this week. Three of them are from Louisville. This, the first one is from Thursday night at just before 11. Um, Thursday, Thursday night. night. So that was the... Uh, After the Pittsburgh game. Yes. All right. 50 seconds long. I just clicked off of it. My meaty fingers. Hang on. What up, boys? Coming to you after the crazy uh, Penguins Bruins game. He's uh, lost to my alma mater, Pittsburgh Penguins, six <laughs> five. And uh, yeah, crazy game. But uh, I was watching NHL Network, and uh, Brian Boyle, um, math guy, was uh, talking about Trent Frederick. And he said, uh, this kind of player, like uh, Trent Frederick, was a dying breed in the NHL. Uh, it's on a decline. The NHL's on a decline in physicality. And uh, he suggested that the Bruins lock him up long term uh, quickly. He's pretty adamant about that. Uh, I was wondering what you guys thought about that. That's first of all, shout out Brian Boyle. I've always been a massive Brian Boyle fan. The guy was like six seven, doing his thing for all those years. He was in Tampa for a while, wasn't he in Philly too? Uh, he's mm-hmm. he's been places, but good guy, mass guy, like Louisville said. Um, good question because I feel like we've been talking so much about what the hell is Jake DeBrus gonna get. We haven't even scratched the surface of talking about the possibility of of Trent Frederick. I freaking love this guy. I I love his game. I love his physicality. He's got a nose for the puck. You know what you're getting with him every night. I feel like 
we, not just Jake DeBrusque, but there's players on this team who are streaky and you hope that you get the best out of them every night. Not Trent Frederick. That guy is, is insane. Like he's actually batshit crazy. Like he'll drop the miss <laughs> with Jacob Truba, shout out Chris Davis, and he'll beat the shit out of him. I didn't think he was going to do that. He's going to come out of a penalty box in a game that I was there, take the puck right out of the box and go and score against Montreal. He's going to get two goal games. He's going to get Gordie Howe hat tricks. He's going to do whatever he can. He's going to get in a fight against the LA Kings and then scream and hoot and holler at their bench as he's skating off the ice. Like, this guy is a freaking gamer, and he's only 25. They should absolutely lock him up long term. Now I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot again. What kind of contract do you think Trent Frederick is asking for from the Bruins? Well, <clears throat> before I even get into that, <clears throat> Trent Frederick's career high in points is 31. That came last season. Before that, it was 18. This dude is transforming before our very eyes into the power forward that and the, I'll say the new age power forward that the Bruins have been missing. Cause in this day and age in the NHL, you know, your, your typical power forward isn't going to be fighting like 30 times a year. That just doesn't happen anymore. It's just not the way that the game is evolving, which is fine. It's not a bad thing. Um, I definitely have a little nostalgia towards, you know, that era of hockey. But Trent Frederick is your new age power forward where he can he can put in points. He can put the puck in the net. He can set plays up, but he can also bang bodies. He can talk shit, and he can get into the face of the opponents, and he does it on a nightly basis, dude. Um, and you're forgetting he can win face-offs. The guy's a setter. And, and he can win face-offs. And, and so right now, his deal isn't up after this season. It is up after next season. Next season, um, you, I don't know if that's right. Yeah, his AAV is 2.3. Um, so, I mean... That's hell of a, yeah, <laughs> hell of a value you're getting right now for Trent Frederick. Um, but he's got 21 points right now. And and the the eight games past the Christmas break, he has seven points, five goals, two assists. He is on fire right now, just as much as Jake DeBrusque is on fire right now. And the only difference is Trent Frederick isn't really expected to put up those similar kind of offensive numbers, but he's doing it and he does it in the similar way. He's just kind of a, in the most endearing way possible. He's an asshole and he's great at being an asshole and it fits into the style of Bruins hockey perfectly. Now you have to extend Frederick. You have to absolutely have to looking at his value, right? Say he puts up, 50 points this year, right? And he plays his style of game. And the next season in his contract year, it's around the same 50 to 60. Because I I might be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, but I can't see him putting up over 60 points. Like that's that would be that would be fucking crazy. <laughs> but the way there, Trent Frederick. You're finishing this episode on your own. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know though. I mean Maybe somewhere around five, five mil. I would, in a heartbeat, I would give Trent Frederick five mil because, it, you know, and I don't like the cross sports, but it's almost like you're, you're right. You're paying for the player now, but you're also paying for who he's going to be because 
I still think there's another step in Trent Frederick's game. He's getting better every single year. I mean, last year, I think he finished with, what, 18 goals last year? He already has 12 this year. And last year, we were thinking, holy shit, this guy's sniffing 20 goals. Look out, look at the season. He's he's going to gonna be a 20-goal scorer this year. If he can get hot, I mean, he could be high 20s. He could be inching towards 30 by the time the season's up. And... The biggest thing with Trent Frederick, though, is that if you let him get to free agency, man, St. Louis is coming hard for him. St. Louis wants Trent Frederick. Um, St. Louis kid, born and raised. I know I'll give my dad his roses. He talks about how badly uh, St. Louis wanted Trent Frederick in the – when the hell was it? I don't know. It was a couple years ago. Whatever draft or trade he was talking about. Um, But they're going to make the Bruins pay for him because that's a team that wants Trent Frederick. And uh, every time he goes out there, he's showing the world what he can do. And um, $5 million, I would give Trent Frederick that in a heartbeat. I would give him four years, 20 mil, no no question about it. Yeah. Um, I would do four years, 25 mil. What's that? Four, two, five a year? Four, just a, no, just five, five, two, five a year, five, five a year. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I would give him that now, but like if if they give him four years, 20 mil this year, I'm feeling good about it. If he finishes this year with 25 goals, I mean, shit, like now that number is going to be over six. So I, 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 to Brian Boyle's point, I get it. Lock the guy up now because this guy is unbelievable and he's part of a dying breed, like he said. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. All right, we got two more voicemails from Lobo. This one was also Thursday night. Let's see what he said. Hey, what's up, boys? Uh, first time caller, long time listener. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was just wondering, uh, who's your early pick for the seventh player award uh, for oh. myself? And I think this will probably be a pretty, uh, I guess, popular answer. Um, I'd have to go with JVR. I think he's really surprising some people with uh, how he's playing this year. He's playing on really positive. Um, yeah. Who, uh, Dude, there's you could literally pick like six guys. Like I'm just gonna rattle down my list right now because I think it's gonna. I mean, Ian Mitchell. Any, any yeah. It's <laughs> 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 all good. I don't know why that caught me so off guard. I should have expected he that. He sucks. <laughs> he sucks, Mike. Mikey, 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 Mikey sucks. I don't um, know why they're not putting Ian Mitchell on wing. Listen, Mike, Mike, he's so versatile, Mike. Jim Montgomery has no idea what he's doing, Mike. He needs to go. He needs to go, Mike. He needs to go right now. <laughs> but, but just to just to rattle off my list of seventh player award winners really quick. No particular order. Any of these guys could win it. JVR, Danton Heinen, hell, throw Johnny Beecher in there. Um yeah. Trent Frederick. That's my list. Brandon Carlo. Geeky. Brandon Carlo, Geeky. yeah. Geeky's a good pick. Yeah. Geeky, I, I think I think it's I'm with Lobel here. I think that JVR is probably the favorite. Yeah. I think I think that Geeky is a really good dark horse. I I would say Geeky would be my second favorite, and then I would have to put Heinen at third. Really? I think I think it's between JVR and Heinen. It's I think Heinen, right now. 
I think Heinen's been he's been great and he's just as deserving as JVR. But if I'm splitting hairs, he also wasn't here for the first three and a half weeks of the season. Dude, I mean, holy fuck, JVR has 25 points through 36 games. Yeah, yeah one, I mean, he's one million dollars. I mean, my God. And he's a guy you didn't know what the hell you're going to get out of JVR. I right. mean, we, we were saying when the season started, is he going to be a first line winger, a second line winger? A third line winger? I mean, shit, we don't know. I mean, we just thought he was going to stand in front of the net and screen the goalie and put his big ass in front of the goalie's face and tip some pucks in. And he's right. literally doing that and everything else. It's been a home run signing. And uh, also, like, the seventh player award for me, um, and I feel like when even, look back at the history sorry. of who's gotten it, like, it's obviously given to a player who's performed well, but I feel like it's also given to players who also exemplify what it means to be a Bruin, maybe a guy you just weren't expecting to have as good of a season as they possibly did. And like JVR fits all of that to a T. The guy is a, just a classic Bruin, fits this locker room like a glove. Nobody knew what we were going to get out of JVR. And he's been one of your horses driving this offense at times, especially you just said, what's 25 goal or 25 points to his first 30 whatever games? Insane mm-hmm. numbers from the aging JVR. And, um, I mean, shit, a $1 million contract, and he's helping the Bruins books out too. I mean, I feel like he's a shoo-in right now to be the seventh player winner. Yeah, dude, I mean, J- JVR, you said you said home run signing. It's I, even more than that. It's more than a grand slam signing. It's a Brock Holt um, cycle in the playoffs. Playoff. Yankees, <laughs> that kind of si- signing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, any of those guys, honestly. All right, we got one more voicemail from Lobel. Uh, this was Saturday at 11.24 a.m. 15-second oh. long voicemail. Let's see what he said. I wonder if he was working. What up, boys? Looks like David Pasternak is going to be representing the Bruins at this year's All-Star game. Was just wondering, do you think there's any other Bruins uh, this year that are deserving to go to the All-Star game? Yeah, Ian Mitchell. the way that the nhl does the all-star selections i still think is the dumbest thing i've ever heard in my entire life i saw they did um i don't remember who it was on twitter but they did like a poll who's the guy with who always does all the polls on twitter his profile picture is like a guy kind of wearing like a fedora um (laughs) (laughs) you are making up this person oh you know who i'm talking about he did the um oh 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 he Wait a always minute. does all the polls and like he does like surveys, like the most annoying fan base surveys and stuff. That's so weird because I can picture his and he tweets picture. the Bruin, like he tweets like the player cards and stuff. Yeah, who the hell is that? I, I know there's probably so many people screaming Fed- at their radio because they know who yeah. we're talking about. Fedora guy. Yeah, yeah, you know who we're talking you about. You know, you got the salami and he's putting up the poles on the yeah, 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 yeah. It's a spicy meatball. Um, it is a spicy bowl. <laughs> <laughs> he tweeted out, um, you know, who the all-star, he did like a poll of like who the all-star, who would be on the east and who would be on the west if it was just how every other or league does it, just best players get in and it wasn't categorized by your team. And um, I think... Pasta was on it. McAvoy was on it. McAvoy would be a shoe in to be an all-star as well. And Swayman might've been the fourth goalie. He might've just been on the outside looking in, but are other Bruins deserving of being an all-star? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's so stupid that only one guy gets to go and it's completely watered down what it means to be an all-star. Like you could look at, we talked about this before as well. You can look at a guy who's like a guy like Leon Drysaddle usually gets the extra vote anyways, but 
I mean, the like that guy should be a, if he plays 20 years in the NHL, he should be like a 17 time all star. But when he hangs him up, he might only be a four time all star because Connor McDavid's his teammate. And that's just how it goes. Like Charlie McAvoy, I don't know if McAvoy has ever been an all star. That's a guy who should have like five or six under his belt. Like you look at the NFL, Tom Brady, I believe Tom Brady is a 19 time all star or Pro Bowler, sorry, deserving. But like, if the best player on their team got it, I don't know. Maybe Gronk could have got it a year or two. Maybe you could have gave it to some. I mean, no, that's a bad example because Brady's the goat. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean anything to be an all star now because only one guy, like Connor Bedard is an 18 year old all star. Who's going to yeah. be the all star from the Arizona Coyotes? I guarantee you they would not be an all star on any other team in the NHL. Uh, Who is an all star, actually? I don't know. I would, I, I don't know the list. I haven't looked too deep into Who's it, but Connor is all star. Is it Konechny? That'd be cool. But for the Coyotes, I mean, you could go Clayton Keller. Um. <laughs> oh, wait, I have a question. I have a question just because I just mentioned the Flyers. Um, did Nolan Patrick retire? No, 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 no. That was fake. what the hell was that shit about? Somebody jumped the gun. God damn it. All right. Sorry. Continue. No, no, no. I was just going to say, um, isn't he in Vegas now anyways? I mean, he's not playing right now. He's still in like players. Um, uh, I forget what the the, the program oh, yeah. is called. Um, players assistance or something. But yeah, yeah. The the whole All Star selection thing is stupid. It's watered down. Like you said, like I'm pretty sure Ray Bork also was a 19 time All Star. That would never happen today. And it just takes away from all the 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 you know the 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 merit of being an All Star. Merit. Thank you. There you go. There you go. I got you. I can, I can always know if I can't think of something you're right in my brain, just picking uh, it out. Oh yeah. I'm just sitting there in the corner. I'm the monkey banging the, the symbols, doing backflips. Dude, well, right. my brain is the scene from SpongeBob when there's a million of me running around. <laughs> Everything's on fire. All right. We got two more voicemails. This one is not from Lobel. This is from Saturday night at 8, 18 PM. This is, I think this is during the lightning game. Okay. So watching the lightning game. I guess so. <laughs> Astro gets bashed into the boards. He's getting the balls going down the tunnel. And I'm like, oh, fuck, whatever he goes for the rest of the period. But then, less than two minutes later, he's back on. I don't know what. I- you were at the Lightning game, right? Physically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I actually. I didn't, I didn't even get there until after the sec- or until the start of the second period because we didn't leave my apartment until 6.50 and puck drop was at 7. So, Dude, you've had some bad luck with getting to games on time, huh? I know, but um, yeah, I don't know. The The injury bug is uh, plaguing the Bruins right now, so you know, 7th player of the award, team medical staff? Could be. I don't know. They've been flipping them out like patties, getting these guys back on the ice as quick as he can. <laughs> we'll see how long it takes for uh, Carlo Patra and Omar to get healthy. Yeah. All right, and here is a voicemail from this morning at 10 o'clock it is a three minute long voicemail from the legendary, the man, the myth, the legend, Tommy Bennett, Tommy, Tommy. He writes a whole Wait. lot of stuff over for primetime prods. You can always check out his articles on the website or on Twitter. I want to give his Twitter a shout out. Do you have his Twitter in front of you? Um, I'm pretty sure it's at TJ Bennett 37, but I'll look it up really quick just to make sure I'm going to beat you to it. I'm going to beat you to it. Yep, TJ Bennett, Bennett with three T's, 37. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's Tommy's voicemail. Oh, my bro. 
brothers at prime time, Sully and Mel, how are you? It's Tommy. How you doing? Tommy. Let's just say this road trip has kind of sucked. Not for the, the losses, which, you know, you got a point in both games. You, you lose in the shootout. You lose in overtime to Arizona. Fine and dandy. But, man, this trip needs to end quick, and the boys need to get back to Boston because, holy crap, man, the bodies are dropping, and they're not just bodies. They're big bodies. Patra coming down that shoulder, that didn't look good. I mean, he insinuated the hit, but he fell awkwardly. It didn't look good. No updates yet. Uh, you guys might have updates by the time uh, you're listening to this and you break down the episode. Uh, Brandon Carlo in Colorado, uh, he's day-to-day. I didn't see that, so I have no idea what that means. But the biggest one is Linus Olmark. Uh, that did not look good at all. I'm not even going to speculate what that is because that's just not what I'm going to do. But that did not look good. My biggest takeaway is tennis Bruins team weather the storm if Carlo and Omar are out long-term. Like, Carlo, I think, is underappreciated. He's undervalued. He's arguably the best shutdown defenseman on this team, and I'm curious if the Bruins can weather that, and who do you think absolutely 100% needs to step up in his absence? My biggest thing right now is Linus Olmark. I think two things are about to happen that you're going to see. It's not necessarily a narrative. It's just more of a realistic thing. I think this is a good spot, uh, per se, for uh, our boy Jeremy Swayman. Uh, he's, he's, in my opinion, been the better of the two, even though they're both playing high-level hockey. But you're now going to see Jeremy Swayman uh, have a heavier workload. He's going to have the heaviest workload he's had of his career. And now you're going to see, you know, what life looks like potentially if you don't have Linus Olmark. Secondly, I think now you're going to really realize how important this tandem is for the Boston Bruins and is a key to their success. Uh Brandon Bussey might come up. He's not Olmark. Um, and I think this team is going to have to really dig deep and find ways to win when maybe he's in net because you don't know what he's going to provide. Uh, where the goal is just kind of been able to bail the Bruins out sometimes and get some key victories, uh, that's going to change because now you're really heavily reliant on just one. It's a blessing that the Bruins have two starting goalies. I'm sorry that... He ran out of time there. He hit the three minute mark. And I cut him off, but uh, no, we definitely. First of all, first time caller Tommy Bennett. Shout the hell out, Tommy Bennett. Seriously, I know he he's been cranking out Bruins articles, Red Sox articles. I mean, if you didn't get it from that voicemail, the guy knows his shit. So go. Uh, we just drop his follow his Twitter at TJ Bennett three T's thirty seven. Go give that dude a follow. Um, he made a lot of good points there. I know we've been talking about. I mean, we were talking about it earlier about. Olmark and, and Swayman, and I think he hit the nail on the head. I think Swayman's been the better of the two goalies, but they're both so important to everything that this team does. And yep. we've we've never seen we've seen when Swayman missed some time. Right, he missed like a month last year when he had that uh, that leg injury, and Olmark stepped up. We've never seen the shoe on the other foot where Swayman had to be the number one guy and extended the skate on the other foot there <laughs> where Swayman had to be the guy for an extended amount of time. And hopefully it's not an extended amount of time. I mean, we'll find out. 
again, this drops Thursday morning. We'll find out today what the injury is on Omark. But um, no, I think, you know, he asked who has to step up with the Carlo injury. Walderspoon? Oh, man. I, I feel like that's unfair to put that on Walderspoon because I feel like he's already been stepping up. The guys are well, playing insane since they called him up. That's what I was going to say. Like, it almost benefits him because he, he's already been playing so well. You know who I'm going to say? Hampus Don't Lindholm. Ah. Hampus Lindholm needs to step up. And, okay. and, was, and that's and, and that's not because he's been bad. We just he just had the game of his life the other day. I don't remember who they were playing, but um, he had uh, I think he had a did he have a goal and two assists. I think he had three points. It was a game last week. He looked like Hampus Lindholm from last year. And it was funny. I was looking at somebody tweeted like his um, I don't remember what the player metric was. We'll just call it a player rating. And you could see how it's been steadily going up. A little bit every year and last year it like doubled it was a total anomaly it was like oh it was like triple what it's ever been and then this year it came right back down to where it was the year prior so like this we've said this a bunch of times i think the hampus home you're getting this year is a hampus home that he's more accustomed to being but his defensive partner brandon carlo i know tommy said he's arguably their best shutdown defenseman i think he is the bruins best shutdown defenseman i think he's one of the premier shutdown defensemen in the nhl and hampus lindholm's going to be without his running mate there for a couple hopefully just a couple of games and i want to see him step up not just defensively because he's had some just some bone scratching bone scratching head scratching defense passes <laughs> But I want to see him produce offensively like he was last year too because we've been waiting for that all year. He has flashes, and now the defensive unit is hurt. Olmark's hurt. Now's your chance. Step up like he did last year when McAvoy was out, and that's who I want to see uh, really step their game up now in the absence of Brendan Carlo. Yep. Um, let's see here. Do you want to fly through the DMs really quick? Yeah, I want to read Jack's first because okay. Jack missed last week. He sent this one this week. Uh, I know we're running short on time, so I'll try to rush through it. I just before we even jump into it, I just want to say like we're gonna fly through these DMs just because obviously this isn't our normal recording night. Um, we wanted to give that we wanted to give today to drop the mitts Chris Davis because he had Pierre Maguire on. So shout out to Chris. Go check that out if you haven't yet. Um, we are in a bit of a time crunch, so the answers on the DMs might be a little bit short. But I don't want to completely, you know, ignore them either. So, yeah. All right. So, Jack, you can follow Jack on Twitter at a Jack B underscore Jack said, Happy New Year, guys. Happy Check New out year. our Bruins coming out the festive period hot. We blunted the Sabres and then ruined the entire Hughes family holiday season by beating the new Hughesy Devils. I like that. <laughs> oh. We beat our bogey team, the Red Wings, and then Shattenkirk and JVR proved that 80 is the new 20 against the Jackets with the elite sniper Danton Heinen chipping in, of course. Oh, JVR yeah. is effectively a human $1.99 store with regards to, or that might be $1.99 pounds, where he's coming <laughs> $1.99 store with regards to his points per dollar ratio this season. Best free signing ever. Nice to see us storm the lightning after punning. Nice to see us storm the lightning after taking a loss to the Penguins. Pasta sending pucks into the back of the onion sack while horrendously <laughs> off. That's just something I want to see more often. I was not expecting that. Taking a loss to Colorado is nothing to worry about. They're a class outfit, and we took them to a shootout. A shootout which highlights how cool and casual Pasta can look with his nonchalant shootout technique when it goes right, but how tragic it can look when it goes wrong. My stars for the week are as follows. His third star is Coyle, Mr. Reliable, this season, grinding away, playing on amateur difficulty while on the third line. Second star is Morgan Geeky, not a big-name guy who's chipping in when needed. And first star is the Bruins away bench in the garden for 
persevering for the rest of the game after John Cooper tried to beat it into submission. Hopefully it'll bounce back and be fit for action to keep the Hughes family off the ice in a few days. Question this week is purely my own curiosity. What's the fan atmosphere like at matches? Over Christmas, I went to a borough match. We were genuinely singing Christmas songs, but subbing the words out for our own players' names. Best part of 27,000 people singing Last Christmas by Wham! at a football match for one player feels amazing. Said player also scored the only goal of the game, which made it better. Tonight we're playing against Chelsea in the semifinal of the Cup, and the club has requested that all Middlesbrough fans sing a predetermined chant when the players walk on the pitch and also told all fans to bring their scarves to hold up purely to make an unreal atmosphere. There are loads of Twitter accounts of football fans singing various songs, and it's almost a battle over here of which team has the best fans and most creative songs. Whenever I watch NHL highlights, there doesn't seem to be an electric atmosphere. So just wondering if the TV doesn't pick it up or if the highlights are all censored. Cheers. And then he said, update. We just won the first leg of the semifinal one nothing. Fans are unreal, have not stopped singing all game. Unbelievable scenes. Um, I will say NHL atmospheres at the game unbelievable playoffs are a whole other level um i don't feel like the tv picks it up as as electric as it actually is absolutely not and i feel like when the tv does pick it up like that's when you know this place is booming i've only ever yeah, been yeah, i've only yeah. i've seen a, a an nhl game at td garden and in nashville td garden it, that place like is is deafening loud when the bruins score everybody's jumping like you can feel the ground shaking people are going crazy i've been to a bruins celtics red sox patriots game i've never been in an atmosphere none of those come even close to what it's like to watch a bruins game the td garden if the original six team is in here a canadian team's in here a team that the bruins don't like or even a team that doesn't like the bruins if they're coming into the garden if you're bringing kids, put earmuffs on them. Make sure you get nice and liquored up before the game starts because you're in for a treat. Um, yeah. The game in Nashville, too, by the way, not to compare, but like it was cool. I, cool vibes, nice ambiance. Wasn't even close. Didn't hold a candle to TD Garden when the Bruins are playing. Yeah. Shout out, Jack. Thanks for um, sending in the question. Also, Happy New Year to you t- as well. Happy New Year. Sorry, you had to rush through it. But yeah, sorry. Um, I can't say my R's tonight. I keep saying sawy and possible knock. What the hell just, is wrong with me? You're just a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, this next question comes in from E2.0, Bruins Beach Season. Follow him on Twitter at IncredibleMrE7. Also, shout out. Happy birthday, Ethan. Happy happy, birthday. When was his birthday? Tomorrow. So today. Oh, okay. Yeah, this episode I comes say, did I miss it? No, it's it's today. Happy birthday, Ethan. I hope happy you have birthday, fan- Ethan. I hope you have a fantastic day, and I hope the Bruins get you a win tonight for your birthday. Absolutely, dude. Happy birthday. But his two-parter. Um, oh, it's actually a one-parter today. He said, why are we not giving McLaughlin a look from all the call-ups and call-down Thank carousel? You. Why haven't we circled back to McLaughlin, who has proven he can compete at this level to a degree? Maybe him on the fourth with Beach and Laux would be something. No disrespect to Boakfister Steen or even Merck, but what's going on here? Absolutely agree. I mean, what the hell? Mer- McLaughlin should... I don't think that he's been surpassed by those guys. Like, give him a look. I'm wondering if he even exists anymore. Was he a figment of our imagination? I don't know. I want to see him. I don't know why we haven't seen him yet. He's not going to come in here and, and just change the dynamics of the franchise. He's not that guy. But they have some injuries and they've been calling guys up and down. Yeah, give Mark McLaughlin a shot. See what he can do. Yep. Um, so show Ethan, happy birthday. Sorry. Sorry. Happy birthday, oh, Ethan. I, I just did it too. I just said it's contagious. <laughs> um, sorry. We have to get through these quickly, but 
Um, this next one comes in from Frederick for MVP at Frederick underscore MVP. I asked about trade targets last episode, but didn't really get clarity on Kraus. Looked good yesterday. Is he an option? Lawson Kraus. I think he'd fit in here well. He's got Bruins style hockey. He's an offensive producer. Um, yeah, I would love Kraus. Sure, I wouldn't mind. I know we're, we're, we're tight on time, so I won't make you do a mock trade. <laughs> All right, thanks. You can tweet um, one out later, though. Next one comes in from Island Stu. Oh, Stu, we haven't heard from you in a while. What's up, Stu? Oh, Stu. Stu. Um, at Guernsey, Stu86. He said, is Liam O'Brien the most annoying, oh, God. cowardly player in the NHL? Absolutely. He's he's yeah. just he's just annoying. Like he doesn't back it up with anything. Like jumps Trent Frederick. Oh, you're real cool, dude. Go back, go back in the what's what's your what's caveman the, with your hair no. and your beard? Get off the ice. What's the what's the what's the elf that makes the, the cookies? <laughs> <laughs> That's him. I don't know. The Keebler elf? The Keebler elf. Dude, the way you said cookies in your face. <laughs> <laughs> How confused did I look? <laughs> Who's the elf that makes the cookies? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of it. I'm trying to speed through these and my brain is going at warp speed right now. Oh my um, god. So shout out Guernsey Stu86. Give him a follow. Um shout out to Stu. Next one comes in from NHL Primetime at PTP NHL. New new net, new new account on the PTP network tweet it, tweets out all NHL stuff. Um, he said, "Give me your thoughts on the All Star format. So eight events, winner gets a million dollars. Love it, love it. I add some stakes. Cool. Yep, My only quarter with All Star game is how they choose who's going. Yep." Um, so shout out to them. Sorry, we're flying through these, but we're really on crunch time right now. Um, next question, KG at Big B is 63. Are you surprised once we found out that Corey Perry got cut that? Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Are you surprised once we found out that Corey Perry got cut from, from that? No one has offered him a veteran, veteran minimum. Oh my God. He'd be the perfect four line that bees could plug in. Quick thing on that. We don't know the full story. The only thing that's come out is that he was, you know, um, it had to do with alcohol. But even that, we don't know all the details. So I'd stay away from that until we know everything. Yeah, uh, I know we don't know everything, but I know teams have access to a lot more information than we do. And if nobody is picking up the phone to call Corey Perry, I would like to think that's for a reason. So I am okay with staying away from Corey Perry. And I think your fourth line isn't a problem right now anyways. Yes, agreed completely. Um, last one comes in from CJ Kelly. Follow them on Twitter at OBX29. Any thoughts on Sweeney going after Tanev? No, it was a travel day, but any reason to be optimistic that Bees didn't put out statements today regarding Potra and Allmark being out long-term? I don't think it has anything to do with them being out long-term. Um, Tanev would be interesting, but I think he goes to Toronto. Oh, that would suck, huh? Yep. No, I don't I don't know if there's any correlation between uh, potential Tanev moved to Boston and not putting out uh, Patra and whatever injury shit, but uh, I wouldn't mind Tanev at all in the Bruins. Don't know what it'll cost, but that's why Don gets paid the big bucks. Yep, absolutely. GM of the year. I, I will oh, say yeah. that, dude. Top three GM in the league. But Back to back, executive back of the year. Back to back, baby. Let's go. Racking up those <laughs> fucking trophies, Don Sweeney. Cups, baby. We're playing for executive yeah. of the year. Let's go, baby. Fuck the president's trophy. It's executive <laughs> of the year season. But, hey, listen, with that being said, I'm sorry. We're very sorry that we had to rush through the DMs. But like we said, this isn't our normal recording night. So we kind of have, you know, things planned out through the week sporadically to line up with everything. This week had to be different. But 
luckily we got through all the DMs. We got through everything. We answered them to the best of our abilities at the time allotted. But I mean, outside of hey, that, hey, 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 take a breather. You're going take, way too fast. All right, all right, all right. Let me take a sip. <laughs> it's all right. Listen, Executive of the Year Award, Don Sweeney, seventh Player of the Year Award. JVR slash Heinen slash Geeky Bruins Jack Edwards <laughs> Bruins are going to win the Stanley Cup butt ass naked on the ice. <laughs> the Boston Bruins are playing great hockey. Trent Frederick's on fire. Jake DeBrusque is on fire. Team is firing on all, on all cylinders. Hopefully, all marks good. Hopefully, Carlo's good. Hopefully Potra's good, but the the depth of the team is about to get tested, and we're about to see this team in in their true character, in their true form, and let's see this team go on a fucking winning streak and stay atop of the NHL and atop of the Eastern yeah. Conference and atop of the the Atlantic Division, like the way it should be. I'm getting episode seventy four of the Something's Bruin podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Bruin Something. No G at the end. You can follow us on YouTube. We're posting shorts on there at Something's Bruin. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Bruins are first in the division. Florida right on their ass. Got injuries to deal with, but that's going to be no biggie. Don Sweeney's going to win Executive of the Year Award. Jim Montgomery's going to win the Jack Adams again. And Anthony Duclair is going to be a Bruin by the trade deadline. And Anthony Duclair, get fitted in the black and gold, baby, because you're on the way to Boston. Oh, yeah. Matt Logan, personally, you're our guy. I hope you have fun playing with JD. But until then, episode 74 of the Something's Bruin podcast coming in hot. We'll catch you guys next week. Somebody that knows somebody that knows something about it. And I won't answer now. Who, what, where, where, why? See, a lot of dudes like to act the fool now. Get on live, but that ain't my style. Now who he gonna get? And what he gonna do? Run up on me if you want to. Hot damn pressing his homies. He's done up in front of his mama. I'm up up the floor with him. And I can get in the door and let the floor go get him. I got food that'll go get him. That's for him and the fool and the dude that run him. Pete Carroll is gone. Nick Saban's gone. Bill Belichick might be gone. See, like, look at this hair. Whoa, look what just came up on my Instagram. (laughs) That's crazy. You better go and get your armor. Get your armor. Get your armor. All right, we got to start. Yeah. What time do you have to go? 7 30 at the latest we have to stop all right all right ready yeah